Granita and Brioche, Peaches and Melons, and the Loudest Dogs in the World. This week, we're in Sicily as the island emerges from the pandemic. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week we explore a different part of this world and the great dishes and drinks and fun things to do there. You know, Europe recently announced plans to open up to international visitors. They said people from certain countries would be allowed to visit Europe, but the United States was not on that list of countries. And some folks I know were upset about this because they won't be able to travel to Europe. But the fact is, the U.S. is still in full-blown pandemic with COVID-19. Just Take this comparison, all right? There's about 450 million people living in Europe right now. Compare that to the U.S., which is, depending on you know who you believe, about 320, 330 million people. So one-third more the population in Europe than in the United States. Europe successfully bent the curve. We talk about bending the curve with the COVID-19. Europe has done it. Sure, there's some hot spots in Europe, and I'm not sure that I would get on a plane today to go on an international flight. But the fact of the matter is, in Europe right now, in the EU, they're seeing about 100 deaths per day from COVID-19. Now, 100 deaths due to the coronavirus is 100 deaths too many, and it's a tragedy. But compare that to the U.S. We are anywhere between five and 600 deaths per day. And we had the same trajectory, almost, it's very close, when the pandemic first hit, how the cases rose, how the deaths rose. But Europe was able to bend that curve down. And the U.S., while we're coming down, it's very agonizingly slowly. So I asked the question, why? Why was the EU able to successfully bend this curve while the United States has not been able to do so as much. So I got in touch with my friend Esther Vida. Esther is a friend of Destination Eat Drink. She's been on the program before talking about Sicily, where she and her partner Alfred are the creators of the great web series You, Me, and Sicily. She makes her home near Catania, Sicily, one of my favorite cities in Europe. And I wanted to find out about this. So I said, Esther, would you come on the program and talk about it? And we talked about life under a strict lockdown, but then we talked about learning how to make pizza at home and what life is like now in Sicily as the restrictions are beginning to be eased. So before we get to Esther, could I ask you a favor? Could you rate and review Destination Eat Drink? If you've enjoyed the podcast, go onto your podcast platform, whatever it is, and give us a nice rating and review. That'll put us up towards the top of the listings and more people will be able to discover Destination Eat Drink, the podcast. Destination Eat Drink. 
Esther, thank you so much for being back on Destination Eat Drink. It's great to have you. We've talked to you before about Sicily, and now we're talking to you in the uh, emergence of Sicily from the pandemic. So welcome to the program. Ciao, and thanks for being on. Ciao, friends. Thank you so much for having me on. Always, always, always a pleasure to be with you. So let's start by, I've been following this pretty religiously, I think, and uh, as far as the pandemic goes. And, you know, it's interesting because Italy and the U.S. pretty much had um, the first cases of COVID-19 right around the same time. And it's been two completely different tracks. Yeah, about a couple of weeks difference. And, uh, you know, on our uh, Facebook pages, two of them now, You, Me, and Sicily, and I created another one uh, more focused every day on the pandemic news from Sicily and Italy. Uh, I started posting the numbers daily. I started tracking them a couple months ago. The health department here had a daily uh, news update at six o'clock and it, we were stuck at home. So that was like my highlight to hear how the numbers are doing, what what's going on, what's the assessment. And, you know, right off the bat, let me tell you, Brent, that our lockdown was no joke. It was like nothing that any state in the United States did. Nothing came near to what we did. And I'll never forget March 8th um, at night, the Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte called a press conference. He said in his palace and announced that starting the next day, there would be a complete lockdown. What does that mean? That means no shops except supermarkets, pharmacies, and newsstands were open, only open for a set number uh, of hours, all restaurants, no takeout. Imagine a complete uh, lockdown the following day. And it was was a type of lockdown where it was enforced with fines. So we couldn't leave our towns uh, to go to the next town. Families were separated, girlfriends, boyfriends separated. Uh, police, the military were out enforcing it. Only one person was allowed to leave once a day. And you had to carry around these self-certifications. There were curfews. Drones were monitoring the streets, making sure people stayed out. This was a complete, complete lockdown. And I have to tell you that at first, um, you know, we were, you know, especially Sicilians, you know, with the hard headedness and <laughs> even Alfred, Alfred being an American Sicilian with all four of his grandparents born in Sicily and emigrated to the United States. He said, there's no way Sicilians are too hard headed. But guess what? They did it. They didn't like it. No one liked it, but they did it. They followed the rules. Masks were required by law. You couldn't enter supermarkets or anything without a mask. Sometimes police were standing outside enforcing masks. No gatherings, no going and getting coffee and chit-chatting, no running, no walking, only walking your dog 200 meters outside, no sports, no biking, nothing, complete lockdown. And I'll have to look back in my notes because I kept a journal of when it, there was this like, oh, I think we hit the peak. I think we're leveling. And then the numbers started going down. And it, it's, it was an up and down dance, you know, it was, but it was going down. It was definitely an up and down. There were good days. There were bad days. At its height, we had over 900 dying a day, and then it started going down to 800, 850, 
801, and then went down to 700. And thank God, last week we had our first two single digits. One day there were six, another day there were eight. Now they're up a little bit, but like I said, it's an up and down dance, but it's a clear trajectory and it is going downward. And I, I have to give credit to a couple of things, and I just wrote an article about this as well, how Sicily and Italy handled the coronavirus. And this isn't a political statement. This isn't to pass judgment. It is what happened here. We had clear leadership. It came from the top and went all the way down. The marriage uh, took to social media and had rants. You know, marriage, I mean, they were like on social media every day yelling at their citizens, stay inside, what, you know, obey the rules. So it came from the top down. But the uh, Sicilians and the Italians, they followed it. Not everyone, of course, because the, there are the hard-headed and there are the people that didn't. But by the vast majority, there was clear sacrifice. And there was a clear feeling of unity because Sicily usually is separate. You know, we're, we're, we're a different country here. But there was this sense of unity that together we can fight this battle. And, you know, Prime Minister Conte, that was his, his message, he, he was very, what's the word I'm looking for? He, the way he worded his tweets, his messages daily, w w is an interesting study during this period, how he managed to unify and have everyone believe that this was a unified fight and that we were all soldiers in this. And so here we are. We're not out of it. Who knows about a second wave, if there's a second wave. There are more unknowns about this uh, pandemic, this virus, than there are knowns. But here we are emerging. And we started gradual openings on May 3rd, the May 18th, restaurants and uh, bars with very strict rules. I mean, there was a rule for a rule. There were exceptions for every rule. There were, you know, there were drafts, many drafts of, you know, it's it's their first time going through this, so of course, a lot of new things to deal with. And so, as we went through this gradual opening, and I have to tell you that here in Sicily, people were more like turtles. My neighbor said, no, 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 we're not going out yet, slowly, slowly. But now, June 3rd, the Italians were allowed to travel within regions, uh, within the European Union. So, here we are. How did Sicily and Italy do? Pretty well so far. Of course, we are facing a tremendous economic hit with tourism accounting for about 13% of the of the economy. And it was hit hard. It's going to be hit hard, and it's still being hit hard. Esther, you brought up the fact that Alfred was surprised that people were complying. I was surprised that people were complying. I was saying when this thing first hit... How are Italians, how are Sicilians going to react to this? Because there is sort of a culture of maybe bending the rules a little bit and getting by a little bit. And I saw some of these early videos where people were not complying. And I thought, oh, no, this isn't going to work. And then it just seemed like everyone started to comply. And I feel like here in the United States, I'm a person who is being extraordinarily vigilant. Like we don't do anything, but hearing you describe these things that you guys went through, I mean, I go for a, I go for a long walk every day. I try to exercise every day. You guys weren't even allowed out of the house to do that. 
and they were giving out fines, Brent. So it was strictly enforced. And here in the U.S., we've got restaurants that are open for takeout, even if, you know, even if you can't dine in in some places now, in some places you can dine in today. But for a long time, it was takeout only. You guys didn't even have that. How much cooking were you doing while you were secluded in your in your home with Alfred? Obviously, I was cooking every day, and I love cooking. You know, I've, I've, you know, I'm Hungarian, born, uh, grew up, you know, all over the world, but ultimately in the United States. For me, you know, I, I have a Sicilian, Hungarian, American household, and I started making things that I never did before. Alfred is a big pizza lover, so after a, a, maybe the first two weeks, he's like, "That's it, I need a pizza." <laughs> Go get a frozen pizza because I would be the only one leaving the house. He would stay home. I would leave the house, do the shopping, only leave the house three times a week. Uh, go to uh, the supermarket once, then our green grocer um, twice, you know, so I spread it out. He's like, Go get me a frozen pizza. That's it. Never in a million years have I heard him say that. So <laughs> we got the pizza. It was terrible. Right. It was terrible. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh boy, I got to try this. So I started making pizza and now I've perfected it because we have a no meat uh, on Friday uh, tradition. And so I started making pizza. In fact, I made one today and I've really got it down. You know, it really wasn't that hard. I went to the bakery and got some fresh dough and made my own sauce and put the cheese, the mozzarella, the parmigiano. So it turned out pretty good. The other thing that I started making that he loves is scacciata. Now, scacciata is meat pie or veggie pie. Brent, you've had that, right? Yes, in Sicily. So that's usually something that you get at a vola calda, you take at a takeout uh, place, because it's, it's, you know, it's it's a project. So um, so I've got that down. Uh, I started, I made a few times, because we like, we don't eat a lot of sweets, but when we do, it's it's like, apple pie or something. So I perfected my apple pie and started making different kind of food pies. And, you know, usually we'd be touring right now. We had three group tours in May, two group, three group tours in June that obviously had been postponed. So yeah, cooking was a highlight, (laughs) not (laughs) the other highlight, the other, it was cooking, eating, and then the press conference every day. It was it was like a big routine. Right, right. So yeah, I'm you know I still am cooking. We've only gone out to eat twice. Once on my birthday um, on June sixth, and we went out. You know, we we went to Shaka for Alfred's birthday, so we wait we ate at the hotel restaurant there. But um, pretty much we're sticking to home cooking, and you know I still. Put the updates up. Uh, we're not out of this. So while we are back to going out more, we're still wearing masks because masks are still mandatory and people are following. In fact, I was just at the green grocer um, just now and someone was coming in with a mask half, you know, half tangling on their nose, on their ear. And, and the proprietor, um, Francesca, said you can't come in without a mask. You know, it's still seen here as not only protecting themselves, but protecting others. So that's still being done. You know, a lot of my friends went back to the beach. I mean, you, it's hot here. It's hot. It's summer. It's the beginning of July. You know, we're in full summer season. So 
So in, even at the restaurant, they're doing a great job of keeping the tables apart. You go in one way, out the other. No two people, you know, entering and leaving at the same time unless you're from the same family. So there's still that. There's still very much the viruses among us. But the good news is that we had plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables, the supermarkets. I, you know, I, I saw the, the guys and gals, uh, supermarket workers, really, you know, like nurses and doctors. I mean, they were working hard. They were working long hours. Um, thankfully, the governor of Sicily, uh, Nello Musumeci, closed everything for Sunday. So everything was closed on Sundays. Normally, supermarkets, green groceries, they're open Sunday. He closed up everything. But, you know, on Saturday, he kept the stores open longer. And these guys were working hard. They were stressed. They had to work extra hours. So, you know, along with the nurses and doctors and first responders, I mean, these guys who have to work, food was flying and everyone's staying home. So everyone was cooking at home, no eating out, you know. So I'm sure their business increased, but it was it was a stressful situation. In Sicily, it's really important to eat seasonally. Everyone eats seasonally. And we're in the middle of summer right now. So tell me at the Green Grocer, what's in season in Sicily? Starting in May, we had the cherries. There's still some cherries left. And the yes. mulberry, the Chelsea. There's no more mulberries. That's a very short season. Uh, the watermelons are out. Humongous watermelons. Very sweet. The yellow melons, the cantaloupes, all types of peaches. There's the flat peach that looks like a... Uh, donuts, uh, called the baccheria. Then there's the uh, white peaches, the red peaches, all types of plums. You know, and we did one of our video episodes on Yumi in Sicily was on summer fruits and vegetables. So that's a fun thing to do. And you're right, because it's very seasonal. Whereas, you know, in the, the late fall, early winter, we have a lot of artichokes, a lot of cauliflower, a lot of those, those things are all gone. Uh, so now a lot in a lot of greens, but I get, I got to tell you, Brent, even <laughs> coming home from, um, green grocer today, I bought a, I swear to God, it was as big as my arm. I got to take a picture of this, uh, romaine lettuce, <laughs> as big as my arm, <laughs> as fat, as, as wide as a football or basketball, Oh my God. For one euro. Oh, for geez. one euro. <laughs> and and we have the right now also it's it's it was you know, the, the tomatoes are always good. The, um I love the cucumbers here. They have a cucumber called Cetrioli. Excuse me, Cetrangolo, Cetrioli the cucumber. This is looks like a serpent mm. and when you cut it up it looks like a flower. In Sicilian it's Cetrangolo. So those are very good. The fennel is very good. But I got to tell you, the one thing I haven't done that I've been dying, and, and we could, we could go to cafes and, and, and restaurants now, is a granita. I am yes. dying to have a jelly, which is a mulberry, and a melon granita. Obviously, uh, almond and, and pistachio and chocolate and lemon are always but those are the ones that I'm like, oh. The fresh fruit granita. So for folks who don't know, Esther, explain exactly what a granita is and why it's so special in Sicily, because they're so wonderful. Okay. So in granita, you would call it something like Italian ice or slush. Right, or Let me slush. tell you, yeah. it is nothing like it. It is nothing like it. 
It is an ancient suite uh, first brought here by the Arabs, and it's shaved ice, but they have a certain way, a, a chemistry, and this, I don't know, the speed of how they turn it, and then they add the local fruits, you know, the local flavors, and, and when you're eating it, it's like you're, you can taste the fresh mulberry, the fresh strawberry. You know, with, with the almond, you can eat, taste the pieces of almond. Um, and so it's like a sweet. Here they have it for breakfast, a granita and a brioche. You go meet a friend and take a, brioche, a granita and brioche. Or there are uh, cars that drive by, you know, trucks. Ice, like we have ice cream trucks. They have those too, but they have granita trucks. So that's out right now. And I got to tell you, um, Alfred promised me he would take me this week. <laughs> we would go because it's more fun to do it with someone else uh, to have a, a mulberry melon granita. He likes the almond. I like the almond too, but we can always get that. And the pistachio. We actually did another episode on Yumi and Sicily on granita because there's a big granita festival here in Achiriali in June. Obviously not this year. Oh, there's a Granita Festival right there uh, outside of Catania. Cool. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. I know about the Swordfish Festival, but I didn't know about the Granita Festival. So cool. Now, you mentioned the, the fresh melons and the fresh peaches that are out right now. Besides just cutting them up and maybe enjoying them with dinner or as a fruit salad or whatever, is there anything else that we would make with uh, these fresh melons or these fresh peaches? Sometimes for guests, I take a prosciutto, a, a ham, and wrap the melon around. Have that melon and prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, melon and prosciutto is very good. Uh, I also make uh, this salad. I, I learned from our boat guide. We have a guy that takes people out on excursions um, around Acciprezza and Campo Molini, um, and he cuts up the melon. puts a little bit of lemon juice. Mint, mm, of course. Sunflower, sunflower seeds, oh. and pumpkin seeds. Cool. Having that during the summer is just spectacular. Nice and cold, nice and juicy. You mentioned going out to get a granita with Alfred. What are some of the restaurants that you're looking forward to that you haven't been to since the lockdown that you're just anxious to say, "Oh, I can't wait to go here and get this." Guess what? I got to go for my birthday, Antica Sicilia in downtown Catania, one of my favorites, and I got my mussels. The mussels that they make there are by far the best mussels I've ever had in my life, and they do it with, you know, the chunks of tomatoes, lots of garlic, um, it's dense, it's delicious, um, sometimes you put basil in it, so that was my big treat. Alfred had his uh, pasta con nero sepia, which is uh, pasta with black, um, squid ink, black squid oh, ink, right. mm-hmm. with the pieces of calamari. Um, also, when we went to Shaka, and we went to Shaka because we have this thing going on right now, um, since people can't come to Sicily, we bring Sicily to them on our You, Me, and Sicily um, page, as well as YouTube. And so we went to Shaka and Castel Vetrano to start shooting some videos. We just published another one called Entre Castagni a couple, a few weeks ago. And um, and so we went out there, and I gotta tell you, one of my favorite Sicilian dishes is a caponata. Now, I've tried to make the caponata, but I 
I mean, just there's a way of doing it. And caponata, for those who don't know, is an eggplant-based dish, but you can make it a million ways. We, again, did an episode on caponata making. The chef in the video used, uh, you know, a few ingredients that people on the other side of the island said, what do you do? We no one puts that in there. Guess what? Every <laughs> right. region, every every region, every province, every household has a different... Um, Everyone's got their own way. Right. And the way they made it here in Shaka was truly spectacular. It was a uh, pesce spada, which is swordfish caponata. So, so they had the eggplant, the you know, the celery, the raisins, and they put in cubes of cooked swordfish. And as you know, swordfish is huge here. It's a, everyone has grilled swordfish on their menu. And, and that was very, very delicious. So, it, I mean, we have some of our favorite restaurants out around here. It's Cafe de Mar with, with the most beautiful view of um, the Fraglioni, the, the rocks here in Achiprata. So... I've had my fill. My the only other thing I want is a good old fashioned granita. Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, I pretty much learned how to make a lot of things here. We had a lot of baked chicken, a lot of the turkey. I got to tell you, um, so turkey here is like not a big dish, but they do have it, and people do eat it at home. It's not on menu. I got a turkey thigh that is, again, literally as big as my arm. I don't even know how I'm going to fit it in the uh, in the oven. Here, you cannot buy a turkey because it will definitely not, a whole turkey, because it definitely will not fit into the oven. The little Italian ovens, yeah. Right, but it's not It's not even a little. It's just that big, that okay. ginormous. Okay. No, I, I mean, it is, it's like Fred Flintstone. Kind of. <laughs> right. I mean, um, everything here, as you know, Brent, is sweeter, saltier, tastier, louder, bigger <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of uh, food. Um, you know, I often joke that there's a, a dog downstairs. I'm like, I swear to God, this, the dogs here are louder than the dogs in the because <laughs> <laughs> the they were trained by Sicilians. <laughs> exactly, the birds in the morning. I'm like, can they please be quiet? They're so loud. We have everything closed up. I can hear the birds chirping in the morning. But truly, I mean, you, you know, it's it's a magic, not only a beautiful, magical land, but also uh, the foods are spectacular. Hey, before I forget, you know where else I went that I really, really loved uh, when we went to shoot is in uh, Shaka, which is in the province of Agrichata. We went up to the province of Trapani to Salunite, which has beautiful, beautiful temple of Hera. So that was a huge treat. It felt so good to get back out there, start shooting videos, start seeing the beautiful places of Sicily. Because as I said, we couldn't leave our town. You know, people, let's say they wanted to go to the next town over for because the supermarket was better or something like that. If they... I mean, every town has a supermarket, and cops would be like, "No, go back to your supermarket." Oh wow! So it was it, no joke, and and being able to get back out there, start shooting, start seeing the beautiful places of Sicily has truly been a treat. You're getting out there. You're filming for your web series, "You Me in Sicily," and 
What are some of the plans that you have for the web series? What's coming up? What we're doing is people tell us where they want to go, where they want us to go, and they sponsor the videos, right? So we had a sponsor for Castelvetrano, one for Shaka. We have a person in Chianciana, which is in, um, also in the province of Agrigento. Uh, we have uh, up in Palermo, we have Aspra, Bagaria. Let me look at my list here. Oh, Isola Femina. That's right. Vestemilia. Termini Merci was a beautiful, beautiful place. Termini Merci, also in the province of uh, Palermo. Let me see. We, as I said, we did already. Tracassani Milelli is in the province of Syracuse. Cerami in Enna. And the great thing about this is that a lot of these towns I've never been to. So I get to explore more of oh, cool. beautiful island. Yeah, I've never been to Tarama, which, Tarami, which is a very important ancient town historically. Never been to Malali in the province of Siracusa, which is located right before Ortigia, which I've been to a million times. So yeah, I love this series. And we have a, a few others that were published a few years ago. But if you go to youmeandsicily.com, all our videos are there. We have over 55 by now about the people, the places, the history, the culture, of course, the foods of Sicily. <laughs> now, when... And wine. And, and wine. wine. And wine, of and course. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and a nice glass of Nero Davila. Now, when people contact you and sponsor these videos, is it for their own personal use or they is it their familiar ancestral town? Um, yeah. Okay. So all these are people who, for example, there's one woman who's not able to come to Fragueria. And so she, you know, she was going to come here with her family. And now, you know, obviously that's postponed. So, so she's sponsoring this video. So her family can sort of, you know, it doesn't replace it, but some, a nice little gift. Um, a lot of people are also dedicating it to a loved one. We also have, you know, so people also have asked us to go to talk to their family members who may have a business. So guess what? We're going to feature the family's business, interview oh, cool. them about the town. Yeah. So it's not only Americans and Canadians and, you know, people all, people that have Sicilian ancestry love these videos, but I found that Sicilians are so thankful and appreciative and really love our videos because, you know, I'll never forget the man had tears in his eyes. We featured him on a video and and went there and showed it to him and he had tears and said, you know, thank you for highlighting what Sicily is all about because there's still that, you know, as you know, the stereotype of mafia and and, right, right. and, and people just stereotype against Sicilians, period, end of sentence. And so he was so thankful that we were featuring the beauty of Sicily, the true Sicily, the people of Sicily with their beautiful personalities and and taking them around the island while telling the history, the rich, important history that Sicily played throughout the many thousands of years in world history. Now, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Esther, and has a, a family home or, a, you know, their family came from Sicily and they want to sponsor a video, how do they get in touch with you? So they can go to our Facebook page, 
you, me, and Cicely. There's a picture of Alfred and I. And send us a message there. Or if you go to our website, www.youmeandcicely.com. That's www.youmeandcicely.com. My email is there. I'm also on Facebook, Esther Vida, and it's E-S-Z-T-E-R. And my last name is V-A-J-D-A, so they can contact you there. But maybe our, you know, youmeandcicely.com or youmeandcicely on Facebook, any of those ways. We're, we're out there. Alfred Zappala and Esther Vida. And definitely follow on Facebook because you guys are always posting fun new videos and great information about Sicily. I look at it every single day and learn something new. Thank it's you. it's uh, fantastic. We'll have links to your uh, website and to your YouTube channel and all that stuff, plus the episodes that you've done in the past for us here at Destination Eat Drink. Uh, Esther, a joy to talk to you. I'm so happy that Sicily is emerging. Um, I wish I could come visit you. Yeah. Right now, of course, the U.S. citizens are not allowed to uh, travel to Italy, but that's going to open up and I'll be able to come by and we can have a coffee and enjoy some... A coffee? We're going to have a big glass of Nero de Apple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and some eggplant and some arancinis and then a granita and then a brioche and uh, all of that stuff. Thank you, Esther. Perfect. It is a great pleasure. Thank you so much, Brent. You know, if there's one person I like talking to, getting their viewpoint on how Italy and Sicily specifically are handling anything, any issue, I like to talk to Esther because she has such an interesting mind the way she thinks. Her background is in journalism. She started as a news broadcaster. She worked in the United States as a, as a news person. And so she has a mind that thinks in a very analytical way. And that's why I love having her on the show. And if there's one thing I'd love to be doing right now, it's strolling the streets of Ortizia in Sicily, enjoying a granita. Unfortunately for me, that's not going to be happening for a while, but I'm sure Esther is probably out there today, right now, enjoying a granita in her town. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Last week, I think I said this week would be about Poland. Uh, I was wrong. (laughs) This week we had Esther on. Next week, will be in Poland. So thanks for your patience. That'll be next week. It's a great episode, too. You're not going to want to miss that. Until then, go to DestinationEatDrink.com for some virtual traveling. I've got lots of places there, including lots and lots of places in Sicily. I've got full-on uh, virtual travel foodie tours in Palermo, in Catania, in Ortizia, in Modica, all over Sicily. And I just posted an article on DestinationEatDrink.com about making homemade vermouth. It's fun. It's easy. Just go to DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the blog tab for how to make vermouth. Destination Eat Drink is produced by Radio Misfits and Chicago's own Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Wear your effing mask and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.